podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the independent Derby County podcast, uh, where it's getting chilly, but Warns Rams are starting to cook. Uh, five wins out of six in the league, four on the bounce and uh, into the playoffs and in the goals. It feels like Christmas come early with the form Derby County are in right now. It may not always be the prettiest uh, but there's no denying that Paul One's football is keeping Derby in contention for promotion right now and he can't help but feel if we just play our cards right in January this Rams side do have a genuine chance of climbing out of this particularly weak League One next summer. I'm Chris Parsons hello thanks for joining us and alongside me to weigh up Derby's promotion credentials once again around San Martin hi mates. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, very, very good. And uh, fresh from the away end at Vale Park. Uh, he can do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. It's Phil Heil. Welcome back, Phil. Hey, Chris. Yeah, tired and weary, but my heart hasn't quite skipped a beat. Maybe it did when that uh, goal went in last night. So it was worth it. I can well imagine. Have you thought out yet? It looks like a pretty nippy one in the Potteries for that game. The long johns were on, yeah. Um, and I was lacking <laughs> as a follicly challenged individual I screwed up and didn't bring my woolly hat maybe could have asked Paul Warren to borrow his yeah that's that, that's that's poor you've learned a lesson the hard way there uh look some five word reviews on Darby's fantastic 1-0 win away at Port Vale uh plenty of these coming in uh so how would you sum up Darby's win in five words uh Martin Dempster Billy Davis promotion season revisited enjoyed that one uh Andrew Woodman best defense in the league that is a fact uh, Nikki B, let's cement a playoff place. Jimmy Gregory, our newest patron. Uh, vale Park conquered once again. Uh, GC Satoak on uh, on X said, "Let the run continue, lads." AK on Twitter said, "Another nineteen game unbeaten run?" Question mark. Mimi J, a regular contributor to Five Word Reviews, said, "Still winning without playing well." Uh, Lakers on X said John Jules the Midas touch and a couple more Sir Keith Tama said can now remove the bike clips and I'm Jeff Fader on X said bit boring but job done um, I think that probably pretty much sums it up Anton it was um, it's funny on the on the old discord on the SBW Patreon we've got a bit of an on-running joke about uh, you know our Derby on a promotion bus is the promotion bus going? What's the status of the promotion bus? Um, look, we're in the playoffs now for, I think, the first time this season. Where is the promotion bus for you? Is it is it thoroughly motoring or is it still in first or second gear? It's chugging along. Um, I think it's certainly picking up more pace than some of the other teams around us, but it's a pretty pretty low quality race I would say at the moment I mean all you can do is move the teams <laughs> in front of you right four, four wins in a row first time since January last year isn't it so you can't really complain it's not not exactly vintage stuff we're not blowing teams away but 
three points is 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 all you can ask for, really. I'm just a bit confused, Phil. I, I think when when Pete, who because um, every time he does a five word review, it always just says after a win, all aboard the promotion bus. So that's that's the joke, basically. But I'm just not quite sure if said if is it like the open top promotion celebration bus or like the bus going towards promotion like how how do you feel about the bus situation i think it is a bit like the jolly boys out and on only fools and horses where it could quite easily set fire still um, <laughs> and I, but at the minute i think we've managed to jump start it and it's on its it's on its way back down the uh, a50 after last night i think i like it i'll take that i like to think it's uh in the end it'll be like the mike bassett england manager bus where it <laughs> takes a wrong turn goes to norwich town center enough talk about buses i'm sure that'll be a recurring theme in the course of the season but uh yeah more late drama Phil, and another satisfying midweek win at Port Vale for the second season running. And not quite as last ditch and incredible as uh, as last season with Mendes Lang's winner, but still really impressive, I thought. I mean, gritty, professional. We grew into the game, I thought, over the course of it after a pretty uneventful first half. And I think we definitely deserved three points. But Phil, you were there in, uh, in your long johns in the away end with 3,000 Derby fans. Talk us through what it was like when when Barks and, and Nat broke the press in the 77th minute and what happened after that? Yeah, there were certainly limbs. I don't think it was quite on the levels of uh, last year, but um, he's almost been the forgotten man, John Jules, hasn't he? And he came on, it was like, oh yeah, I remember him. And then before you know it, it stuck that one in. Um, Collins was probably spewing because it was a good chance for any striker, I think. Like you said, though, really, really professional. That's what struck home to me the most last night. Even, like, they were real horrible, weren't they? A lot of them were on the wind-up. They had Ick Piazza up front. I think Cashin and Nelson dealt with him really well. Their back three were very niggly. I mean, Smith last year got Colin sent off, didn't he? And I know he was winding Didzy up as well. And he was trying to embroil uh, Mendes Lang into some of that and Collins. And we just ignored it all night and didn't get a single book in. And that professionalism, I think, massively paid off because their crowd were flat the whole time. And it, all only, it would have taken only like an act of recklessness or petulancy from one of our lads. And I think that would have turned it into a different game, really. So that's what impressed me last night was that professionalism. We seemed to have a plan as well. It wasn't just going wide. I think we were using that big pitch and trying to get in behind a few times. And Collins had a, one or two decent chances like that. So... It was nice as well to see us play with another string to our bow, I think. Hell of a goal to win it, Anton, I thought. Just a, a, a classic counter-attacking sort of transition, high-pressing move, like ball bobbling around, breaks to Mendes Lang. Terrific first touch to get it out in front of him, you'd have to say. And like just that cross sort of struck me as the cross of someone really in form. We'll come on to, to Nat in a minute, but it seems like everything he touches in, in most games leads to goals right now. And amazing cross across the face with the outside of his boot. And John Jules, first touch. To be fair, it was... It was it wasn't the hardest chance, but he still had to tuck it away. He still had work to do. But yeah, all credit to him. Made absolutely no mistake with a finish, didn't he? No, and it, it wasn't the the hardest of chances. But when it's your first touch in about two months on a football pitch, it, that that isn't an easy thing to do. The ball's coming across. It's a little bit bobbly. He's probably uh, he's probably a bit nervous coming on, having uh, spent so so long on the sideline. He even said that actually in his, his post match interview. He's pretty nervous as that ball came across. And he did exactly what he needed to do. Just kept it low, got it on target. It wasn't wasn't in the corner or anything, but 
but he didn't need to do that. So really good to see him in the goals. And it was, uh, yeah, it was as you say, it was a it was a nice press. We we pressed pretty well actually all game. I think Port Vale probably made it fairly easy for us. They were fairly calamitous at times at the back, but we're we're, we're looking much better in the press. I actually had a look at the the stats before we joined the the, the pod. We're, we're sixth for possession wins in the final third in the division. So we're we're ranking pretty highly on on our high press, which uh, certainly kind of comes across on on the eye in recent times. We're, we're winning the ball back, and and that's how we created quite a few chances yesterday. Mendes Lang with with a, an inch perfect ball across the box. I didn't think it was his best game actually yesterday. He, he gave the ball away at times, and his delivery into the box often hit the first man. I'm sure we'll we'll come on to his his form generally, but I didn't think it was his best game. But when it mattered, he put it on a plate for John Jules. Yeah, terrific finish, as you said. Uh, his first goal. Couldn't have really come at a better time overall, Anton, because uh, a few days before we'd learned that Connor Washington is out for three months. Quite a blow that. But as you say, in the context of Derby's squad, uh, we've now hopefully got a, a like-for-like goal threat who can provide competition for Collins and, and Waghorn and keep those guys fresh. So I think he, I think Philly should provide quite a different option to, to Washington, shouldn't he? And in a way, I don't know, you can't really call him an upgrade necessarily because he is so raw and young and hasn't played that much, but gives defenders something else to think about, doesn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He's just the type of player we need, isn't he? We've got a lot of workhorses, a lot of players who have applied their trade lower down the pyramid. And this is a guy who's coming with calibre from Arsenal. A lot of it is unfulfilled at the minute. We don't really know where he can get to. Um, and injuries have obviously held him back a lot. But, you know, he's been in England set up. He was up there with Saka and Smith Rowe. That's, I don't really want to, like, judge him by those standards, obviously. But we don't have that kind of match winner. James Collins isn't going to create something out of nothing. Neither is Washington or Waghorn, really. We'll touch on it later, I'm sure. But Mendes Lang is the only real player that can do that. Embleton was brought in to kind of be that kind of player as well. And obviously, he's had his injury issues so if we can keep John Jules fit it's we can't really hang our hat on him obviously at this stage given we've only seen very little of him and it was just one touch one goal and injuries might touch wood don't but might come back to uh, play a part in his season again but we could really do with someone who can add another option up front and a bit more quality really yeah I agree uh, Anton I've got a um, got a chance idea if I can get this one going simply Tyrus John Jules to the tune of Daddy Cool by Boney M. Do you reckon that one? Can you see that one kicking off? I reckon, I reckon it can. I, I think you need to sing it, Chris, to, to really really give it some. Goal scorer for Derby County, number whatever. Tyrese John Jules. Tyrese Johnny Jules. You can, you can yeah. come on, you can see that, can't you? I like you? it. I like it. Something a bit different as well. I haven't heard that chant before, so. I think, um, I don't know, it's got, it doesn't have quite enough syllables. So, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, your challenge, Phil, we'll talk about Leighton Orient later on, but uh, your challenge is to get that one going in the away end next week from your um, uh, from your box. What do you reckon? <laughs> challenge accepted? Challenge accepted, absolutely. There was murmurings of a chant for John Jules last night. It didn't quite take off. It was the na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Tyrese John Jules, John Jules. I think you've um, topped it already there, Chris, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure I'm having that second one. I think it fits, it fits even less than my idea. Um, so, <laughs> it's a bit laboured, isn't it? The proof's in the pudding. Someone needs to try it out, but it's probably better than my uh, 
Hark Nathaniel Mendez Lang idea that I had on Twitter the other day, which uh, <laughs> I tweeted and then swiftly deleted because it was awful. Um, <laughs> let's move on. I mean, how much do you think we'll miss Washington, Anton? Like, you haven't really seen a huge amount of him this season. Like, he's, he's sort of had starts here and there, like, played a bit in the cups, uh, but only three goals, two assists in 14 league appearances. And as I said, most of those off the bench. Can we cope without him or does this make uh, another striker top of one shopping list in January now, do you think? I think it's going to be a big miss. We we spoke last podcast how how good he was becoming, how how the, his his return to fitness seemed to just give us a bit of a different option. His His running in behind seems to stretch the play and give us that extra space in in midfield and out wide which which led to quite uh, quite a number of goals and number of chances so i think it will be a miss it, he would have actually suited yesterday's game perfectly i think phil touched upon it earlier the the space in behind that port vale were leaving and and collins was able to make make the most of that at times but we all know how how much pace Collins has got. It's not really his game, is it? He, he did okay at it, but someone with a bit bit of pace would have um, probably been been one on one, and Washington could have done that. So he will be a big miss. It leaves a lot on the shoulders of John Jules. He's got the talent, as Phil says, uh, is whether he can stay fit. And it's a shame we couldn't have had a couple of games where they overlapped just to kind of ease John Jules back into it because of his injury troubles. I, I can't see him starting any games for, for the next few weeks. So it'll be on, on Collins for now. Hopefully John Jules can get back to full fitness and he can fill that void alongside Waghorn. But I think... in. <laughs> January, it, it doesn't change anything really. Even with Washington, I think we would have liked to to bring in a striker and probably a, a, a wide man. That it, this just makes it even more important. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of wide men, one of Derby's players who so influential at the moment, Nathaniel Mendes Lang, just in the form of his career. I think I saw something that he hasn't hit these sorts of numbers in terms of goals and goal contributions since his season at Cardiff. Seven goal contributions in his last seven appearances in all comps, five goals and two assists. We'll come on to Bristol Rovers shortly, but laid on the winner last night as well. I guess my concern is, Phil, are we are we a little bit too reliant on, on that at the moment? Is it a case of like, if he doesn't make something happen, we're not quite sure who will? Because let's face it, we were very reliant on another player last season and we don't want to fall into the trap of uh, of it being Mendes Lang this season because like towards the end of last season he was just absolutely gassed wasn't he like he was just massively overplayed and I'm a bit concerned about that happening again yeah we certainly would be struggling without him I think he's got to be odds on to uh, win league one player of the month this year definitely got to be in the running like you said his goals assists and assists he seems to be scoring or assisting in every single game at the minute. And he seems to have, uh, just like, just looking at him and how he's interacting with some of the younger players, it's like he's much more of a leader on the pitch this year. It struck me how he celebrated with Fauna against Bristol Rovers. And I think we are as well benefiting from his, in quotes, injury that uh, stopped him from going to play for Guatemala in the uh, last international break because he didn't seem very injured before it and he hasn't seemed injured since. But um, we're definitely reaping the rewards of him having that little breather, I think, because he's absolutely on fire, isn't he? 
I do not. I don't know what you could possibly mean by that. That he wasn't injured when he left and wasn't injured when he came back. Uh, how very dare you make that suggestion, Anton? He's been great, hasn't he? He's been uh, even better than last season. You'd have to say at the current rate of progress. Yeah, and and he, he looks really fit, doesn't he? So I, I think that's made a big difference. He's he's been lasting the full ninety minutes and and impacting right through that. I mean, to, to your previous question, Chris, around whether we're too reliant on on him, I'm not sure we are, to be honest. We, we are somewhat reliant on him, but there's there's no harm in having a best player. Like he, he, he is just our best player going forward. And the fact that we've got other players chipping in at the moment, Kane Wilson's putting in some, some brilliant performances, Max Bird is looking really good as well. They're both creative outlets. So it's not completely reliant on Mendes Lang and having a, having a, a top quality player like that is, is just the nature of, of having a best player. I'm sure, sure there'll be similar criticisms leveled at, at kind of Mo Salah and Liverpool. He 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 drags them out of holes sometimes. He scores goals. He, he He's their leading assist maker as well. It's just because they've got a player at, at, the, at the top end of, of the level. That's exactly the same for Mendes Lang. He, he's probably good enough for the championship, but he just happens to be playing for us at the moment. If we were to lose him to injury, it would be a big loss, but we've got other players to come in. Uh, more shortly on Steve Bloomer's washing, but uh, don't forget over on the uh, SBW Patreon, we had a belter of an exclusive interview this month with uh, former Rams player, coach and manager Gary Rowett. Uh, he joined us for a great chat in the past week or so, covered loads of ground with with Rowett. Obviously, you know, feelings were, were tense and emotions were high when he left uh, five years ago but he was really candid about about why he made that decision um, about what Mel Morris said to him how he felt about Derby spending money the season after um, how he felt about being called a snake all sorts so um, you can listen to that and get loads of great benefits on the SBW Patreon but let's have a little listen to what Gary Rowett told us when he explained the budget cuts that Mel Morris proposed to him at the end of the 17-18 season that started the wheels in motion for him leaving for Stoke City. It was quite a severe plan at the time. It felt like that from getting in the playoffs and being close. Whichever way you look at it, we won the first leg. We lost by a goal, you know, like two goals in the second leg, which meant a goal overall. So, you know, there was certainly something to attack the next season with. Um, and, And, you know, to then look at a completely different plan. It's a hard one sometimes because you look back on moments and, you know, again, I said it before, maybe, you know, I should have just rode it out and stayed. And maybe actually the next season wouldn't have been quite so extreme. You know, sometimes um, you also look and maybe sometimes a club wants to go down a different direction. You, you, who knows? You know, there's different ways, isn't there? So, so um, but yeah, I made a decision at the time. I'd worked incredibly hard to get to, to get to where I was. And, you know, there's always been for me that sort of just a first to get in the Premier League, to take a team into the Premier League. And, and um, you know, maybe for me that summer I was a little bit impetuous. Um, but again, you have to make decisions. And, you know, I did it as a player at Derby. You know, I remember Jim Smith calling me into the office and saying, look, we've accepted a bid from Birmingham for you. And in my head, rather than look at it objectively, I just kind of reacted and said, well, if you don't want me and someone else does, I'll go and speak to them. You know, it was really simple for me. You know, I wanted to play football, you know, and I wanted to try and achieve something. But again, if I look back at that period, sometimes you make decisions hastily, but it's easy to look back and say, maybe I should have stayed. I could have been at Derby County for 15 years. You know what I mean? But 
life doesn't work like that and everyone in, in their own jobs make decisions. Some are good, some are bad, but sometimes you get to a point where you think, I'm going to have to decide, do I move to another business or do I stay, um, you know, and, and, and stay where I am? And, and that's everyone's prerogative. So, uh, yes, you can hear that interview in full by signing up to the SBW Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomers Washing. Welcome. Lots of new patrons off the back of that one. So thanks to everyone who's joined. So uh, head over to that link to find out more. Side right position, 10 yards from the box. Larson and Asanovic over it. Larson takes it right for it. It's in! What a shot! 27 yards, and Peter Schmeichel never so melted. Top right hand corner. Jakob Larson bursts the net. What a shot! Schmeichel, the best goalkeeper in the world, waved it goodbye. He's straight in the back of the net and proud United are a goal down with 24 and a half minutes gone the scorer Jakob Lawson Hi there we county fans I'm Branko Struper and you are listening to Steve Bloomer's washing for, for those who might be watching this on video, we're going to try and do a video on uh, on Patreon Phil, you're wearing what looks like a late 90s jumper that could have been adorned by the bald eagle there like what sort of era are we talking for that for that bad boy yeah i think it is a 97 to 99 little number i can i can just i can just imagine jim like parading around rainsway giving dishing out bollockings and that jumper can't you yeah chewing his chewing gum vigorously as well as he (laughs) (laughs) magnificent look uh bristol rovers then another fantastic win in the uh in the four game winning streak I think, Anton, I've thought about this a lot, and in hindsight, after the game, Derby winning that match in injury time and Chris Martin scoring, that, I mean, that was probably the outcome that all Derby fans wanted, really, wasn't it, <laughs> overall? Yeah, in the end, in the end. It, it was quite a surprising win, to be honest, because how many times have we seen Derby concede a goal like that after, after going ahead and not going on to win? Do, I've got a bit of a stat for you, actually. Do you, can can you guys remember the last time we conceded an equaliser and then still went on to win in any league game? I'm going to guess at, I don't know, Peterborough, was it? Start of last season? That was a late winner, wasn't it? I don't think, not even sure that's right. It was a late winner, but we we were losing 1-0. So we came back to, to win 2-1. So we didn't concede an equaliser. Can't, can't recall a time we have come back from an equaliser in... Living memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that. It's quite a niche stat, to be fair, so I'm not surprised you can't remember it. It's 30th of December 2021, by my reckoning. Stoke 1, Derby 2. Um, we took the lead with Luke Plange. Tom Ince equalised in the 78th minute and Cosim, Colin Kazim Richards scored the winner in the 85th minute. But that says it of all. Of course. Another cold night in uh, another cold midweek in Stoke where we... Uh, where we turned it on. That is, yeah, that's quite bleak. That is quite depressing uh, that that win came in a particularly bad season. <laughs> Speaks volumes, I suppose. That was the night we all started to believe that we might overturn that deficit, wasn't it? It was. We did a podcast straight after that game and uh, Ollie Wright literally said, anything is possible. Turns out anything wasn't quite possible, but uh, it was nice to believe at the time. Uh, 
as Anton said there, when Chris Martin did score, you just thought, yeah, would have been nice. A draw maybe is fair. I mean, they had a had a couple of decent chances. I think they they hit yeah they hit the post in the first half, didn't they? But all credit to this derby side and particularly to someone that we mentioned in the first half, Tyrese Fauna. Uh, that burst from him for the winner. Uh, ball breaks to him, little step over, and then absolutely rinses a Rovers defender for pace. Uh, then doesn't just like flash it across the box, gets his head up and picks out Mendes Lang. Like it's a really good contribution and a system him, wasn't it? Yeah, superb. He had another get- a good game last night as well. I'm not sure if Tyrese Vaughan is rapid or that number four for Bristol Rovers was running in treacle because he doesn't have me down as someone who could get to the byline like that, but fair play he did. And like you say, he chose just the right time to play it across to Mendes Lang who finished it nicely. And players like Fauna and a lot of these players who've never really played at an established level or never played at a level like this in front of the fans at Derby Gate at home. Earlier in the season, they were looking a bit like shrinking violets and that was costing us a lot, I think. That Wigan game, especially opening day, there were a lot of jangling nerves. And to come back from a goal down, uh, to come back from that equaliser, sorry, to then go and win it, it really does show that our character and our team spirit and our belief are growing and these players, these new signers especially, are becoming accustomed to playing at Pride Park in front of those fans. And that can only um, mean good things for Derby towards the end of the season, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anton, what do you make of Tyrese Fauna? I mean, you, you talked in the last part about Kane Wilson having a certain chaotic element to his game. And I do see that a bit with, with Fauna as well, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> did, he, did he get sent off for Sierra Leone um, in the international <laughs> yeah. break? And uh, I don't know, you know, great contribution, as I said, against against Rovers. There was just a moment against, against Port Vale the other night where he did generally have a good game from what I saw of him, but the, so the ball broke. We had a promising attack and he got to the edge of the area and then like cut back on one foot, beat his man and then decided to cut back again and then cut back a third time for some reason and then gave the ball away. It's like quite an odd passage of play, but he seems to be a player who doesn't always quite know the best thing to do. Doesn't quite, maybe like his body and his feet acts before his his brain sometimes. Um, I think generally, <laughs> like in terms of him versus Corey Smith, he's probably maybe got a few better physical attributes. And when he's at his best, he's better. But he's a bit more of an erratic option. I feel at this moment in time, isn't he? Yeah, and we've spoken about on the uh, on the Discord about the the love for a, a rangy centre midfielder. There were some comparisons with the likes of Ian Taylor and and Daryl Powell, um, which is a bit of a bit of a throwback. But I, I think generally uh, he he just he provides a bit more balance in the midfield because he, he gives something different to what Smith and Harahan and Bird provide. And I think especially over the last couple of de- couple of games, that midfield three of Harahan, Bird, and Fauna could be the one that is the most balanced, I think, because you've got Harahan, who was almost sitting in a, a bit of a quarterback position yesterday, just just sitting very deep and, and picking up the ball and, and pinging it. And Bird and Fauna getting a bit more forward. Bird's obviously got the quality on the ball to pick a pass and thread it through the defence. And Fauna's just 
can can open his, open his legs and, and kind of get away from defenders, cause a bit of chaos, create that space. And he also showed um, last night that he can he can break the the last line of defence as well. So where there is a bit of space in behind, he's got the legs and he's got the energy to do that. And and that obviously led to the goal against Bristol uh, Bristol Rovers as well. Um, so he's he's got certainly got the physical attributes to to be a big part of the midfield. He's still a bit raw, as you say. He, he sometimes makes the wrong decision and gives the ball away. We saw that probably in, in his first few games. But if he can cut out some of those mistakes, um, I'd, I'd like to see much more of him. How are you feeling about the general League One picture, Phil, after, uh, after these four wins? I mean, some pretty odd results around and, uh, you know, League One just, just being League One in a way, really. But Bolton really coming good, like Scored seven the other day, uh, but Oxford dropping points here and there. Portsmouth getting smashed at home by Blackpool. Stevenage still up there, all credit to them. As it stands, Derby are, are six points off the automatics. Uh, and I did a, had a bit of a look as to where we were this time last season after 18 games. And we were also sixth, funnily enough, but we were also much further away or a bit further away from the top two. I think we were nine behind Ipswich at this point last season and 13 behind Plymouth, who, of course, would go on to get 101 points in winning the league. Um, I mean, looking at it for me in that top six, Stevenage, they've got to be they've got to be punching above their weight, surely. And, you know, it's a lot of weight with, with Steve Evans as manager. But Oxford have got the same amount of points. I feel like Oxford are probably a better proposition for promotion than Stevenage uh, and then you've got Barnsley in there as well and Peterborough who we have beaten convincingly do you think we can hang in there beyond Christmas yeah we definitely should uh, be able to I think the league is poorer than last year like you say there were three teams that by this stage last year were already in their own mini league really so the standard is shocking and if we can keep you know get a bit of a run together which we seem to be on now then there's no um, reason why we can't be in and amongst the top four at least come the crunch time around Easter it's just keeping this consistency which hopefully we can do after the uh, break yeah I know there's um, if we keep it going till Christmas and then there's Oxford at home between Christmas and New Year isn't it Ransom that could be a massive massive game but what do you think is the have we got a better chance this season because the standard is lower and there aren't really those three standout teams apart from maybe Bolton that there were last season in Plymouth, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah, without a doubt. The the league is is generally much worse and, and we are relatively similar in quality to, to where we were last year. So it, we've got a big chance. You'd, you'd probably think that now Bolton have hit top. They seem to have kind of found their groove a little bit. It'd be quite surprising if they, if they fell away. So you're probably fighting out for that second spot alongside Bolton. Um, Oxford uh, Oxford are quite an interesting one because they've obviously lost Liam Manning recently. I listened to to Not The Top 20 podcast where, where George Ellick, who, who who's very good on there, but he's also an Oxford fan, seemed to think that they were slightly overperforming their numbers generally anyway, even before Liam Manning left so the the chances are they they may fall away a little bit and we have seen that over the last couple of games so they're they're definitely chased downable um the 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 big one is Portsmouth really they 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 look the the most consistent out of the the top six 
Um, but they're, they're there for the taking. We, we haven't been great. We, we certainly haven't been at our best, yet we're, we're only six points off, off the top two. So if we can put together a few more runs like we are at the moment, anything is possible. Yeah, I'm just wary that, um, you know, this time last season was the start of that massive run. And I think historically, I haven't really, I can't really prove this definitely, but it feels like the months of October, November, December are traditionally where we're quite good with strong starters and poor finishes, but somewhere in the middle, we're usually quite decent. And also Portsmouth were just starting to fall away like this time last season. I think they had loads of draws and we got a draw down there, but they've been in League One for a number of years now and they must be thinking this could be their season having been in the top two for so long. Uh, but look, it's going to be Leighton Orient next. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, Phil. I've certainly mentioned that I'm going to I'm gonna be there. Uh, I've managed to get into that one. But you're also going in, frankly, quite incredible circumstances. Um, j- just talk me through the setup that's going to be that you're going to have on the day at, uh, at Leighton Orient. Well, from my uh, view, I will be able to drink whatever I wish to drink from that vantage point. And it's because uh, there's obviously four blocks of uh, flats on each, each corner of uh, Brisbane Road. And a lady that lives in one of them, she um, bizarrely rents it out for just purely for the match. So we get it half an hour prior and half an hour post the match for there's eight of us going and we're going to watch it from the balcony. It's uh, in the corner where the home fans are. And it seems from the pictures, it seems quite low down. And um, I have heard some people say that you can get a fair share of pelters from the locals. Um, but I'll be all in a, all in good jest, I'm sure. And I'm really looking forward to it to be fair. It's a, uh, a novelty that, you know, you don't usually get to watch it from a flat, do you? Are you going to do what everyone else does on Airbnb and like sort of frantically clean up after yourself before you leave to try and maintain a good rating on Airbnb? Or are you just going to like get in, have your fun in there and uh, and <laughs> get out of there? What's your strategy? I guess it depends how the game goes. If it's a like Port Vale-esque last minute winner, um, it could be left in um, quite some state. But, uh, Could be long johns all over the gaff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, but I don't really know. I, I'm pretty sure she lives there, so I don't know if she's going to like rock up and straight after and boot us out on the after half an hour afterwards or not. Um, but no, I'm uh, really looking forward to it, and um, we'll have to meet for a beer prior. I don't know if you know any of the good p- pubs around Orient. I've never never drank around there before absolutely no idea but i'm pretty psyched i'm pretty psyched to go to an away game like on the tube as a uh, as a south londoner that's uh, that's quite a novelty for me in this division uh, there must be like there must be a whole array of like reviews for that that flat on airbnb like there must be like loads of one stars for the the fans who lost there and loads of five stars for the fans who won there like i don't know seems an utterly bizarre business decision seems more effort than it's worth from her point of view but <laughs> works out well for you i guess doesn't it phil like someone's renting it out and you were there to capitalize yeah it seems like she's 4.9 stars i don't know what to gauge on that and the comedian ivo graham he went um i don't know if he did a podcast from it or not but he's a swindon fan and his uh, his review was my team lost 4-1 but i can't blame that on rebecca <laughs> five stars so you'll be able to uh, post a similar review on saturday maybe yeah Derby county lost 5-0 but i can't blame that on rebecca yeah, five stars for maybe, hopefully a 5-0 win. That'd be nice. 
Well, it's going to be great. Well, I'll be I'll be there and I'll I'll get binoculars and look out for uh, a group of fans starting the uh, the Tyrese John Jewel song from a, a little box in a. Watch out for the flag. We will be draping it over. So can't wait, Anton. Before we go, I wasn't I wasn't sure whether to mention this or not, but we've got to talk about that Barnsley goal against Wickham. So weird. I cannot yeah. work it out. I've watched it several times. What really happens? Um, we don't normally talk about stuff like this, but it was a very, very odd goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's quite a rare occurrence where you see a goal which you've genuinely never seen before. And that, that certainly was one. I mean, for, for those who haven't seen it, you need, to, you need to go and watch it back. But essentially, the, the keeper's trying to waste time um, I think it's actually a drop ball, which is, is given straight to the keeper. He's trying to waste time. He waits for the striker to come come over, picks it up just as he does. He gets the faintest of touches, doesn't he? And seems to he goes down theatrically, but in doing so, drops the ball at the feet of the striker who taps it home. He's not really sure whether it's going to be allowed, but it is allowed. I mean, my view is it's it's definitely not a foul. He's 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 touched him, but it's it's the the most minimal of contact and and the keeper's just had an absolute stinker and he he deserves everything he got absolutely bizarre one for the uh, question of sport what happens next round it's just uh, that'll be in compilations and uh, youtube montages for years to come i think look we're going to leave it there uh, derby not playing this weekend of course after having the generosity to uh, give themselves a weekend off by losing in the first round of the FA Cup so uh, back for Leighton Orient i'll be there Phil will be there in the posh seats in Rebecca's house. Um, <laughs> Anton, you're not going, are you? I couldn't think you couldn't quite get in yeah, for that one. Yeah, no? I can't make it, unfortunately. But um, yeah, pretty gutted to miss that one. It should be a good one. Should be great fun. So uh, we'll see you there, Phil. Thanks for joining. Cheers, Chris. See you there. And Anton, always a pleasure. Thanks for your time. Cheers, mate.